Hello everyone, Simon Jacobson here, and I welcome you again to another Wednesday Masterclass Live, Global Masterclass. Wherever you may be in the world, we're all connected through the miracles of technology that allow us to transcend time and space. Today we're going to be talking about what is integrity. As I've said a number of times, the questions and discussions and the themes that we choose I primarily driven now by you. So if you have any topic or question or interest that you feel is worthy to address, important to address, relevant, please don't hesitate to write to us at MeaningfulLife.com, our website. You can Facebook us, you can uh, Instagram us, you can uh, YouTube us, use all the channels that we are on. So integrity. Integrity is one of the most critical components of literally, virtually everything in existence. From infrastructures to relationships, from science, medicine, nature, education, leadership, you name it, and if integrity is compromised, it jeopardizes the entire entity. Integrity engenders confidence, trust, reliability, dependability. And yet, if you ask most of us, if not all of us, people across the board will say that we are living in a time of crisis of integrity. Whom can you trust? What can you trust? Our institutions, our educators, our parents... So last week we spoke about how to earn trust. So in a way this is, you can say complements that class, but it's a self-contained and self-standing class, not dependent on the other. I'm just pointing it out because it's a good cross-reference. So if it's indeed so important, why is it that there is a crisis? Why does it, if we understand its value, why don't we do something about it? Why don't we uphold it? Why don't we work hard on making sure integrity is preserved? Like all problems... The first solution, the first way to solve any problem is beginning with awareness. Awareness of the importance of integrity. Awareness of the lack of it and identifying the reasons that we are lacking it. Understanding its consequences and implications and then obviously finding solutions. So that's what we will be talking about. And to do this, we need to be candid and frank and talk and probe the human psyche, each one of us, our own levels of integrity, the integrity of our society, and understand why is it such a rarity to find real, true integrity. I believe that if we appreciate it in new ways, its power and its value, that is, of integrity, we will embrace it with a new zealousness and a new commitment and passion and that way improve our lives and the lives of everyone around us. Especially today, politics, the media, you hear the accusations from all sides of the aisle that the others don't have integrity. You can imagine what most of us are left with believing nobody. Nobody has integrity. You look in business, you look in uh, so many different areas of life that we are dependent on. The interesting thing is, as always, when you look at nature, when you look at things that are not man-made and not contaminated or trampled on by the human being, 
you will find intense integrity. The integrity of the seasons, the integrity of the animal kingdom and the vegetable kingdom and the mineral kingdom and how they all interact with each other. And indeed, when we build infrastructures that don't involve human emotions and human self-interest and human, and human frailties, a bridge, a tunnel. Look at the wonders that human beings have created with integrity. And what do you hear? When the integrity is, is compromised, you right away get teams to fix those infrastructures. So we see it all around us. It is only that we are often blinded to the, the value of it. And definitely, even if we know the value, they're acting on it. What is one of the most fascinating things in Kabbalistic thought, in mystical thought, and I speak about it very often, is that you get to the root of a problem instead of just dealing with the symptoms of a problem. The symptoms and the consequences and implications of a lack of integrity is very obvious and you can see it everywhere you look. But the roots of it are far, more, far less obvious. Because if you ask the very basic question, why would somebody... Stop, sees being reliable, sees being trustworthy, sees, being, sees having integrity. Why, why would we have sees? So the simple answer is because of self-interest. I am interested in my needs, and because of that, I will necess- not necessarily tell the truth always. I'll cut corners. I'll compromise integrity. I'll compromise my integrity. I'll compromise the integrity of others. I'll compromise the integrity of the entity that I am partially responsible over. For our own self-interest, we're distracted, we get seduced by different temptations, different things drag us away from our responsibilities. And then the easy thing to do is to, co- is to cover up, to lie, or to uh, basically whitewash or find excuses and point fingers for the reason that we did not live up to the promises and expectations that was invested, invested in us. But that, that itself begs the question, why? Why should we be that way? So this gets us all back to the Kabbalistic concept of the Tzimtzum Harishon, it's called. The first great concealment. Because when you look around in the universe, and this is like a very compelling question, as I said, everywhere you see the reliability, the interconnectivity, the interdependence of different systems, of different organisms, not just interaction, but interdependence with a give and take of, a tr- of, um- of enormous proportions. And yet with the human being, we're able to suddenly defy that entire interconnectivity and, and hence weaken the integrity of our own systems and even the integrity of the systems that sustain us, including our food supply including our uh, oxygen, including all the other things that we are necessary for our own sustenance. So how is that possible? Human nature abhors doing anything self-destructive. The first thing we protect is our lives, our health, our welfare. So why would we do something that would be undermine us? Yes, you could say self-interest, short-sightedness, in- instant gratification, but still... The most important thing to a person is their own integrity, their own healthy integrity. I don't mean necessarily integrity in the context of trust, that they should be complete, that they should function well. So how is it possible that one entity of all, meaning the human being, is able to go against the grain of integrity of all of existence? This is a, this is a dilemma that psychologists and poets and thinkers and philosophers 
And indeed, the Kabbalists and mystics have thought about. This is what the mystics come up with. Based on verses in the Bible, based on ancient texts in the Zohar, the classic work of Jewish mysticism, which is really universal mysticism, but it's Jewish sources, and many other texts that allude to it, and some of them speak about it very directly. As soon as you open up the Bible, you read the first verses of Genesis. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And then it says, and the earth was chaotic and empty and void. And darkness was upon the entire existence. And uh, the spirit of the divine hovered over the water. Or waters. Very cryptic. But what we see here is a few things. Darkness. And then comes the next verse. And God said, let there be light. One of the most famous sentences. Let there be light. Light should pierce the darkness. And hence, and indeed, we find light and darkness as such a tremendous metaphor used in so many texts. One of the most popular concepts of when you speak about dark ages, enlightenment, not just in the context of physical or scientific light and dark, but also, also emotional, spiritual, ideological, light representing clarity, light representing awareness, consciousness, advancement, darkness representing oppression, ignorance, and all the other things it alludes to. All this beginning right from the beginning of the Bible, light and dark. But darkness comes first, or does it? Because before that it says God created heaven and earth. Then it says that the earth was covered in darkness. This darkness alludes to what the Zohar calls the lamp, the the lamp of darkness, which seems to be a contradiction of terms. Is it a lamp? Then it sheds light. What do you mean a lamp of darkness? And here is this unbelievable concept. I know it sounds esoteric, but you'll see momentarily how it's extremely relevant and helps us understand the inner workings of what makes us tick. The lamp of darkness. A lamp is a force. So most of us understand a force and energy, we identify that with light. Light is energy, especially once we are familiar with Einstein's physics, the importance of light. But darkness is also energy. Especially especially today we know that that not only is there dark matter and dark energy, but they say that it's 90% or whatever the percent, the majority of existence of the cosmos is dark matter or dark energy. And no one sees it as an absence of light. It itself is a force. So this is already alluded to in the beginning that darkness filled all of existence. And then comes that there be light. So what is this fundamental darkness? And that's why it's called lamp of darkness because it's a lamp, but it's just a dark lamp, not a light lamp, not a bright lamp. So when you think of a black hole, there's no, there's no, to say there's no light there, there is light. It just cannot escape. It's trapped due to the gravitational pull, due to the intensity, so it remains trapped in its own body. But to suggest there's no energy there, there's, as a matter of fact, more energy there than a star that gives off light. However, it's inverted energy in the sense of a lamp of darkness. In the words of Isaac Luria, it's called the Tzimtzum. What is the Tzimtzum? The Tzimtzum is a cosmic 
force of concealment. That when there's a divine consciousness, when there was a divine consciousness, and this is all conceptual, not an actual time, but when there's a consciousness that fills all of existence, a light that fills all of existence, those are the words that are used. Air ain't self, infinite light that fills it all. Everything that would become existence, nothing else can coexist with that. Because there's no other consciousness. There's nothing independent of that all-encompassing and omnipresent and omnipotent light. Light here representing consciousness, a higher consciousness. So what does the Simpson do? Is a force that actually emanates from the source of the light. The light itself, in a way, is carrying a force that's more powerful than light, that can tell the light, invert yourself or recede within yourself, to allow the space for something else to emerge, another consciousness to emerge. And that lies at the heart of existence, because without that, existence would be completely consumed. Think of an ocean. Think of a light that's so bright that nothing else can stand in its face without shades, without veils, without some concealment. We would be completely consumed and be annihilated by this tremendous light. So this darkness, in a sense it's a metaphorical darkness, is essentially the ability to allow another consciousness to arise. And that lies at the heart of why it's possible to not have full integrity, or at all integrity, as we shall discuss in a moment. So what are we talking about here, this darkness? This darkness conceals. It conceals in order for us to emerge, and the purpose of it is absolutely revelation. But that comes in stage Two, the first thing you need to do is leave space. So if one person who is a perfect human being, hypothetically, gave birth to everyone else and controlled them, and you did exactly what that person said and followed orders and were aligned completely with the higher purpose of your existence, obviously there'd be no compromise of integrity. There would be no breakdown of trust. There would be no... A lack of cooperation, everything would hum along and work together in perfect synchronicity. But there would, there would also be no independence. Everyone would be a puppet. We're just playing out the script of this one controlling force. In order for us to have independence, even from our parents, we need to be able to cut the umbilical cord and stand on our own feet. And then find the wisdom to reconnect with those that we are independent, feel independent from. So this is the purpose of this darkness. The purpose of the darkness and explains and allows for there to be an independent entity. The downside of that is that that independent entity can, can go off on its own, do whatever it likes, including compromise its integrity and the integrity of its other, the other creatures and colleagues and neighbors and friends and family. And essentially compromise the integrity of the whole because if the whole requires every single detail's cooperation. The upside of it is that it is ours. We own it. And we are play a dynamic role in the unfolding of this drama. All art, all music, all beauty is created through harmony within diversity. The only thing is when you, when you draw a painting or compose music, the musical notes or the parts of the, or the details of the painting 
don't have their own identities. They don't have their own volition, their own free will to do whatever they like. But imagine the musical notes suddenly decided, we're not willing to cooperate with each other. We have something else to go. That will compromise the integrity. We human beings are such musical notes. Musical notes with choice. The choice to participate or the choice to not participate. And when we choose to participate, the integrity obviously is far richer because it didn't just come by someone else, through someone else's script or someone else's puppeteering. We're not machines. It came through our own personal choice to join the human family, the natural family, entire existence in a beautiful cosmic dance. And that type of integrity is far greater than an integrity that's just programmed into the system. So to sum up, the reason that we are capable of doing something that seems so antithetical to the very fabric of what makes a healthy human being, what makes a healthy society, a healthy family, a healthy community, and a healthy society, and a healthy world, is due to a fundamental blind spot a fundamental blind spot not to be able to see the whole picture, not to see the bird's eye view. That's what the tzimtzum does. That's the lamp of darkness. That's the darkness that covers all of existence. That's a darkness that lies right now at the heart of all of us, at the heart of all of existence. And it has the power to conceal, to conceal the narrative that we are all part of one narrative. So imagine there's a story being told and, you don't, and, you, and suddenly you, don't, you forget, or not so suddenly, over time you forget that you're part of that story. You think you're outside of it. That's what the concealment does. That's what the blindness does. That's what the lamp of darkness does. And that's what explains how it's possible that we can be so self-destructive and do things that go against the grain of our very existence and very, exist- and very survival. But let there be light. This is a command to each one of us. Our job is to come and bring light into places where the integrity has been compromised. And bring light means first, bring light to ourselves, second, to bring light to others. How do you bring light? You realize how we're all pieces of that larger puzzle. An analogy given for this, a very interesting analogy, is like think of a book, beautiful, a book. Unbelievable story, as I said, a narrative. And it's an extensive, comprehensive, complex story. Chapters upon chapters, different characters. Okay, so you read the book, fascinating. It could be suspenseful, surprises, humorous, serious, sad, happy. It's a story, story of life. And you read it, and you see then, as the pieces come together like a puzzle, how the story emerges. Let's say then somebody comes takes the book and starts tearing the pages apart. Tears the chapters out, tears the pages in each chapter, starts tearing the page, each page with the words. Suddenly you have a book torn into thousands and thousands of pieces. And it's scattered in the wind. You say to yourself, one second, you just took the most beautiful story, you scattered it everywhere. Yeah, but there's a purpose. I want you to go now and gather those letters and those words and those sentences, and those paragraphs, and those chapters, and sections, and rebuild the story. But this time, you're, you're, you're taking an active role in doing so. 
So as they're scattered, as they're separate, they seem to have lost touch with the original narrative. You find a letter here, a word here, you have no clue what the story is. This is how the mystics explain the concept of the gathering of the exiles or the gathering of the sparks, the sparks that have been scattered everywhere. Each one of us is allocated with a certain amount of letters and words and lines, our verses, and our job is to gather them together. Where do you find them? In everything you do. In your personal life, in your family life, in your social life, in your business life, in your recreational life, in the food you eat, in the places you walk to, the places you travel to. All of them are pieces of a larger puzzle. And your mission, and here we don't say should you choose to accept it, because it is the calling of our lives, the purpose of our lives, is to take all those details and create cohesive unit out of them. Start recognizing there's a story here, the story of your life. So this is just a nice novel, a nice narrative. It's your story, it's your narrative, but your narrative has been scattered. You don't see it clearly because of the tzimtzum. The tzimtzum conceals it breaks it into parts so we don't recognize and our role is to build the puzzle to take the piece and build the puzzle and then when we join another who does the same then you're part of the puzzle that you've built and someone else brings their part and now the puzzle gets even more comprehensive and then one after one seven and a half billion people divided by seven and a half billion units individuals each one with their piece of the puzzle so not only do we have the responsibility and the gift to, build, to rebuild our own puzzle, but also to inspire others to do that same. And interestingly, when you do your part, it makes it easier for someone else because if you ever see a jigsaw puzzle, if you do one section, so then someone else comes and says, oh, that section, that complements my section. And their section complements your section. And slowly, slowly, slowly. This is the story, my friends, of history. This is what we've been charged to do from the beginning of time. Any generation and each human being in their particular location, their particular environment, their particular period in history, their particular connections, personality, people and places they've been to or know are all part of their story. Some people spend their lives doing only this and achieve great results. Others waste a lot of time, get distracted, but do a little, put together some pieces. We're not here to judge, we're not pointing fingers who's done more, but it's an accumulative narrative that goes from generation to generation like a marathon, each one passing the baton to the next. So in that sense, that's how integrity is rebuilt. And also that's how integrity can fall apart because everybody has that choice to either be part of the story or, God forbid, not to. So you see how that word darkness takes play such an important role. Because darkness, what's darkness? You come into a room, everything could be in its place, but you can't see it. The table is there, there's chairs, there's steps. The puzzle is in place, but you can't see it. That's why you can bump into a table or hurt yourself another way. You turn on a light, nothing necessarily has changed. But it gives clarity to the existing design that's already there. We can easily live in darkness and not see the design of our lives, not see the, the providence, not see the connection of the different details that have led us to a certain place in our lives. 
But our role is the here, let there be light. Shine the light in your own life. Look closer. Get the bird's eye view. Study. Recognize the spiritual and even physical patterns in your life and how they're part of a bigger story. Join others in doing the same. That's the story of integrity and lack of integrity. Lack of integrity is when there's a darkness that conceals it all. Integrity is transcending the darkness, or better put, illuminating it, piercing it with a light that shines on each aspect and each detail. But here it's not just a light, you're illuminating something that's already there, you're actually creating order in a world that can be chaotic and worse, a tension that exists between peoples, between nations, even a tension between ourselves, you and yourself. We're leaving the tension by finding the common denominator, by finding the, the common thread of, the, of one narrative. Like every narrative has many details. Every detail builds to the next one. And seeing that story and telling that story and singing that story, that's when a person is living a life of integrity. But never underestimate the darkness. Never underestimate the blind spots. Never underestimate its power to convince you of a completely different story that all this that I just said is not true or doubtful. Live your life, enjoy the moment, take advantage over the moments, forget about the bigger narrative. Most people do live that way. And with good distractions and all kinds of enjoyable desires and temptations, money, material pleasures... It's easy to keep busy, as they say. But if you're not busy living, you're busy dying. We're going now, we're in the summer months. We just entered summer. People travel. A lot of good time. Lightheartedness. Beautiful. But you have to remember that life is not just about frivolous pleasures. There's a story. Even a story when you're lying on a beach. Even a story when you're traveling on vacation. Even a story when you're, li- when you're having fun. It's part of your narrative. And the connection with other people and the connection with other activities and even the connection between your own daily activities is all part of the integrity that you need to be building of your life. So integrity doesn't mean you're doing one thing. It means that all the pieces fit together and then you have a machine, a working machine whose integrity is intact. Just exactly as we build infrastructures and build other institutions and make it all hum like a fiddle. We are responsible to do the same with our personal lives. Now, the way to do this doesn't mean you have to go cold turkey. You begin small. Every day, take a few activities and join them together in a larger narrative. What's the narrative? How you are improving and bettering your corner of the world. And this can be done from the smallest mundane, menial things to the largest, biggest things. It's not just a few big things that we do because everything is part of the puzzle. Every detail is part of the puzzle. If you think about it, it's just a a tremendous way of looking at life. So most of us think in terms of integrity or trust, it's the right thing to do. You grow up in a healthy home or a, a beautiful, loving home, they teach you, be honest. A word's a word, commitment's a commitment. Don't break your word, don't hurt others. We all understand the value of that. It's the menschliche thing to do, as we say in Yiddish, the right thing, the humane thing to do. But it's a far deeper story than that. 
Integrity is about the very purpose and survival of all of existence. And I don't just mean survival at the minimal. I mean the thriving of existence. Because it's about bringing the narrative alive. About bringing all the details into a larger picture. But we always have to contend with that looming backdrop of the symptom, of the lamp of darkness, of the darkness covering the entire tahim, the entire existence. It's always there. And it can always pull us down. It can always dissuade you, cause you to have resignation, be demoralized, be short-sighted, not see the bigger picture. When we come together, like we are doing now, when we study together, when we pray together, or even individually, when we do good deeds, individually or together, what we're doing is defying the darkness. We're challenging it. We're bringing light. And that's why a mitzvah is compared to a flame. And a soul is compared to a flame. Because it's all about introducing light in a darker picture. You see it all the time today. People argue about things, whether it's politics, whether it's Trump, whether it's whatever the news puts on, puts on or whatever the night comedians do or the night shows. And you sometimes feel, are you controlling your own life or is the media controlling your life? And we can develop a lot of cynicism, become very jaded by all, all that's going on. Because life, is a, there's a lot going on that easily can drag us along. And you stop yourself to think and saying, who's burning the show here? Am I calling the shots? So there's no, no surprise why integrity is so compromised. Because there's so many distractions. There's so many thing, voices tugging at us. Sometimes it's overt advertising. Sometimes it's, it's more subtle. But everybody wants something from us. They want to sell us something. They want us to give us their, give us their attention. I'm sorry, give them. They want us to give our attention to them. They want our time, our energy, our money. So these demands, and they're, and they're aggressive, and they're very compelling. These demands, when they take away from you, they rob you from your own integrity. They rob you from your own choices. That's why it's so wise to step back and say, one second, what is the bird's eye view of my life? We are consumed and occupied, preoccupied and overwhelmed by daily survival. Let's be honest what Thoreau calls a life of quiet desperation. And as a result, what happens is the darkness consumes us. We have glimmers of light. We sometimes create illusions of light just to give ourselves a bit of solace and relief from the oppressive darkness. And here darkness is the concealment. But there's something inside each of us that knows it's not enough. And that's where we come together and we realize, one second here, let there be light. Let me introduce light into this. And how do you bring light? It's through things you initiate. It can be a study group. It can be prayer. It can be a good deed. It can be volunteerism. It can be a project. But one that you're initiating. You're shining light. And by shining light, you are countering the forces of the dark, the lamp, the lamp of darkness and the tzimtzum. You're actually transforming it. Because as I said, the tzimtzum has an important value. It created the independent consciousness in the first place. The side effect or the downside is the possibility of creating a disconnect, a dissonance to the point of lack of integrity. But that's only if we allow that effect to take place. 
we can counter it by saying, I'll take my independence and rejoin the narrative. Join my so-called dissonant life. The things that got disconnected, I'm going to reconnect them to the larger narrative. So integrity is a critical component in not just building infrastructures and building our bridges and tunnels and technologies and systems, but it's above all the integrity of ourselves, of your body and your soul. To feed your body and not your soul creates ultimate like, a dissonance, a disconnect between two forces that are necessary. Just like feeding your soul and not your body will create also dissonance. We need to nourish our souls as much as we nourish our bodies. We need to nourish and search for meaning, the search for purpose, search for transcendence as much as we satisfy the need for oxygen, food, and drink. When we do that, what we do in accessing the light, light begins to shine. You'll see people who do that, there's a light that's emanating from them, a vibe. And that light affects others, inspires others. That's what the nature of light is. Light is very hard to ignore. In a dark room, you see light, you can't ignore it, it shines. As a matter of fact, it dispels darkness naturally without effort. Not like fire and water, where enough water can, uh, can extinguish the greatest fire and enough fire can evaporate largest bodies of, large, the largest bodies of water. Light maybe cannot illuminate a big, large, dark room because you need more light, but the area that it does illuminate, automatic, natural. Because that's the nature of light. Because darkness was never meant to be a force of its own. It, we can give it that type of credence, but it's never meant to be that. It's meant to be a force that allows us, firstly, to emerge, and secondly, a force to be transformed into light. So my friends, you see, integrity takes on a whole different story. It's the story, basically, of life, success and failure, love and betrayal, starting over with of ourselves, betraying ourselves, Love being connection. Betrayal is disconnection. And that becomes the whole story of our, story, of our lives. Will we connect the pieces? Will we connect the, 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 the details? Will we connect the words, the letters and the words and, and demonstrate how it's one part of one story, one narrative? I'm not even going to discuss if we will not. If we will not, then we feed into the way of all flesh, what everybody's been doing for so many years, turning our spinning our wheels, maybe accomplishing here or there something, but doesn't have that overall collective synergy and collective larger bird's-eye-view narrative and story. So it's really exhilarating to recognize that we have the capacity to do exactly that, to be able to take the details and turn them into such a larger picture. I often share this story because it's just one of the most powerful stories that really powers me very whenever I'm in, I'm in need of empowerment. It's a story with a man called Chaim Rappaport. He was a student and a colleague of the Baal Shem Tov, the great Baal Shem Tov, the founder of the Hasidic movement, a great mystic who lived in the 17th century. And the Baal Shem Tov once sent him on a mission. He came back, mission accomplished. Baal Shem Tov insisted to know all the details, not just of the mission, how he traveled to get to the place where he was supposed to go. Seemed like a trivial detail, but Rabbi Chaim heard the Rosh Hashanah of asking, so I said, okay. And he said, I stayed one night in an inn, and I traveled. The next night there was no inn, so I rested at the side of the road. I camped out there. In the morning I woke up, Rosh Hashanah eager to hear every detail. I woke up and I 
washed my hands, said my prayers, and sat down to have something to eat. And I ate my food that I had packed up and a drink of water. There was a brook of water at the edge of the road. I went over, took some water, drank it, made a blessing that we make. Baruch HaTashem Alekeinu Melech HaLam Shehakal Niyeh Bidvarai. The Baal Shem Tov suddenly jumped up with excitement. He says, the water that you drank that morning was waiting from the beginning of time for you to come and make a blessing on it. So besides the mission, how important it was, even the detail of a little trip, and what really cares, he went this way, that way. Spring of water, we drink water all the time. I think about it always. I travel around the world. I've been to many places. And I always think, who walked here before me? You know, I ever go to the woods. And you went, Did anyone, who walked here? So there's always a road, one more, more traveled on, in Frost's words, Robert Frost, the road less traveled. In a way, you want to walk on the road less traveled because it's not been tread. And that can make all the difference, as, as the poet writes. Even if someone tread there, but you didn't tread there. And your steps have unique purpose. God leads the footsteps of a person. It's an unbelievable way of looking alive. That means wherever you go, there's no such thing as boredom, monotony. Everything is an opportunity for you to accomplish something that all of creation, from the beginning of time, has been waiting for you. That's your narrative. If you have that type of outlook, that perspective, on a daily basis, tell me what your life would be like. This does not in any way compromise our activities, our jobs, our commuting, our shopping, our other activities, our social activities. It just adds a dimension of a deeper story behind it all. A hidden choreography that the symptom doesn't let us see. But we can, if we open our eyes and we insist, let there be light. Shine the light on the brook of water. Why was the water there? It's been waiting for you to come to do something. You're in a meeting. You meet someone in, 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 in travel. You think it's all random. No. All of time, I'm waiting for you to meet that person, them to meet you, share something. Take that attitude into every detail of our life, and there you have yourself. A true story of integrity, a true story, true narrative filled and driven by integrity. A machine that's working at its best. That's the attitude. So it's a tremendous story. It does not mean we have to overnight suddenly change everything. But imagine in- introducing that attitude to everything you do. And begin small. Think tomorrow morning, wherever you are, tonight, later. Something happens. Say, what is the deeper purpose? Has this been waiting for me to do what? And you'll never answer just to be benefit from it and selfishly consume or selfishly be parasitic about it. You'll recognize, no, what can I, what is it meant for me to grow, to help the other person, to serve, to achieve something greater than my own needs? And that can spill, that begins to spill over. Start applying that to different details. Ask yourself that question tomorrow, whether when you're commuting, when you get to work, taking a little break, having a casual conversation, an intense conversation, emailing, texting, whatever it may be. Take that attitude and you begin to connect dots. As you connect dots, you're creating the integrity that has been compromised by the blindness and the darkness of the lamp of darkness, 
of that cloud, of that shroud, that continuously hovers, that continuously is present, ever-present, subliminally or overtly in our lives, you're countering and you're creating light. So wherever you go, let there be light. Shine a light. Shine a light of your purpose, of your activity, of your good deeds, of your study, of your spiritual awareness. Yes, higher consciousness. You're introducing higher consciousness in a world that can be consumed with its own self-consciousness, which can mean both self-consciousness being self-conscious and also the consciousness of the self. It's all about me, me, me. These are, different, these are suggestions and lessons all of us can glean and derive and apply to this situation that we talk about, which is the story of integrity. Sometimes you meet people, and I've met people, who just have natural honesty, natural integrity. Just, you know, a word's a word. You can trust them. For them, it's more important what is right than than them being right. More important what is correct than for them to gain. There are people wired like that. Many, many are wired, I would say everybody's wired like that, but many wander away from that for whatever reason. Bad role modeling, bad role models, um, bad friends, just developing a, a, a deep sense of narcissistic behavior. Some of our society feeds that as well. But everybody at heart wants to have the connections that I'm describing. So whatever you're like, whether you've been wired this way and you've stuck to it, which is great, then you can be a real force of change. Or you're stuck the other way. Know that no one's ever stuck. You can always get out of situations because that itself, that you've been blinded, that you've been trapped there, is also part of your story and narrative. Why? To understand the power of that tug, of that pull. To help others who are there who are stuck to help them get free from it. So no matter what you look at in life, whether it's the positive things or the not so positive, they're all there to help us grow in that direction. I would say that's a lesson worth embracing. But there will always be challenges. As much as this sounds great on paper, as great as this sounds conceptually, the challenge is actuality, actualizing this. That's where we all are challenged what to do next. So let's look at it this way. Let's see this as a partnership. We all commit to each other. We resolve to dare to write the narrative, to dare to connect the dots in our own lives and those that are around us. Why don't we create a movement that has a ripple effect? Today with technology, so easy to do. It's like the concept of pay it forward. Probably you've heard of the book the film, the, the movement, pay it forward. Instead of paying me back a favor, pay it forward to another person. Creates a ripple effect. A ripple effect of integrity. A ripple effect of demonstrating how we are connecting the dots in our lives. How we're using all our opportunities and all the places and people and personality and everything we come in contact with to understand how it's part of a bigger story. And when we interact with others, to also teach them that. Why shouldn't we create a revolution of this sort? It sounds so appealing. And how could it hurt? It can only benefit each one of us.
So that's my suggested resolution we should each other. And start small. Start with a few things in your day. See how they identify, how you can identify them as pieces of this larger puzzle. And then spread it out, extend it to more activities and more activities. We have tremendous potential. And we have a tremendous connection with each other. You see it, unfortunately, at times with either crisis. Crisis could also bring out the worst in people. That's true. But we also see at times of crisis, at times we see the nobility of man. We see the ability to actually interact in that way. It could be parents and children, friends and friends. But we need a lot more than what we have because there's so much of the other going on, the other experience. So we need to be active, proactive, be aggressive about it. can't be passive. And I hope these words are achieve the intended result, which is words from the heart that enter the heart. And we all are inspired to be able to do something in this direction. I feel blessed that I've had the opportunity to try to do as much as I can in this direction by sharing these words, by continuing to share, by continuing to teach, and as well as to learn. But I feel myself as part of the puzzle, a piece, like each of us a piece in the larger mosaic and perhaps some of us are blessed to be a little more aware to help others find awareness but then in turn you get awareness from those people as well because awareness is not the end of a journey it's an ongoing journey more aware more aware you suddenly see the horizon then you see a broader horizon the picture gets bigger you meet more people you meet more you go through more experiences all of it adds up to these tremendous opportunities that as i said in the hidden choreography that are embedded that are even trapped in the details of our lives. And you redeem it. You free them. Imagine the exhilarating feeling, feeling of freeing something that's been trapped for years in cobwebs, in your cellar, in your attic, in the crevices of your soul, and being able to free it and redeem it and show how it's part of that story. That's integrity. And with that, I wish every one of us the blessing to have the peace of mind, the health, the, part, the livelihood, and all the factors that are necessary to be able to focus, not to take for granted our blessings, but to focus on the harmony between body and soul, the harmony between what you do and who you are, the harmony between your immediate activities and the larger picture. And as each of us writes our narrative, and we help each other write the narrative, the story emerges. And being that this is being done for thousands of years, we already have so much of the story. It's so much easier today. Which perhaps is the reason why we have all the advancements of our times, the technologies. Because it's accumulative, like midgets that stand on the shoulders of giants. So everything that was done is part of leading up to our place to be able to finish the narrative. Maybe put together the last few chapters, or the last chapter. So many of the words were put together. So much of the story has been told. Now it's our turn and our responsibility. And as we conclude the story, the story doesn't end. The story has a new chapter that opens, which is called the redemption. The personal and global redemption of the universe. When all the scattered letters are put together again, and they tell of this larger narrative, and now we can grow. Instead of dealing with fixing that which was broken, 
repairing that, that torn book and the scattered and separated and scattered letters, we now have the story and we can continue to write even a better story. One that's even more light and more brightness and more majesty. So as we are all part of one thing here, one entity, one harmony, one narrative, please know the Torah Meaningful Life Center is dedicated to this with our life, with our heart and soul, every one of us on our team, starting from myself, everyone else I'm honored to work with. We also depend on your support. So please don't, please be generous. Our programs are mostly free. And we expect and we hope that you would help us support us if you feel the value to do, if you feel the value that you're benefiting from it by making a generous donation at meaningfullive.com slash sponsorship dedicating a class, a program, activity, a publication to a loved one or to the memory of a loved one. We have some special opportunities coming up where you have to reprint the book 60 days and we're in need, desperate need of some dedications. It's an excellent book which will be a guide. It, is, it, serves, it, will, it is a guide, but it serves as a spiritual guide to the high holidays. Going through the 60 most important momentous days, turning it into a dynamic journey, personal journey. So if you're interested in a sponsorship of that, please contact me directly. You can either call me or email me at simon at meaningfullife.com and I'll be happy to explore this further with you. It's always an honor to share a few words, especially about such important topics. Because this is the real news. The real news is to counter the details and the minutia of our lives by talking about the bigger picture and then fitting all those details into that bigger picture. Everyone have a very blessed week. And until next Wednesday, be well. Thank you.